to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome to episode 26. Today, we are talking about transitioning to a product-based business, and we're going to talk about our businesses and kind of where we started. Before we jump into that, though, uh, we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for this episode. This episode was sponsored by PrestigeConf, uh, which is it's a new conference that's going to happen here on October 3rd and 4th in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's a live event there. It's also streamed live, and it's a business conference for career development. Uh, there's a lot of really awesome speakers that are going to be there this year. Uh, actually, this is the first year. Uh, Lisa Sabin-Wilson, Matt Medeiros, Carl Hancock, Jake Goldman, Reed Pfeiffer, uh, and a whole bunch more. Uh, if you are interested in building your own business, which is exactly what we want to talk about today in our own history, go check out PrestigeConf. It's October 3rd and 4th. You can find it at prestigeconf.com as well as the show notes. Brad, cool. take us away. So, business. So this is new for us. We've really been on just talking about WordPress development. You know, we've obviously mentioned our businesses before, but we haven't really dove into any of our business activities or where we started and stuff. So I wonder, I like, so, so where did you start in business, Pippin? Like, when was your first kind of professional experience with entrepreneurship, you know, after, you know, not including lemonade stands and mowing lawns? Uh, it was, it was during college, I would say, uh, freshman and sophomore year of college. I was, uh, I was honestly, I was just doing a little bit of freelance development work on the side just to help pay for some bills. Uh, and at one point I just kind of realized that, Hey, this could be a lot more than just bringing me a, a few meals a month. Like I, I think I could build a business here. I think I could do this full time. Uh, I've, I'd always kind of known that I wasn't really interested in working for someone else or working, I don't want to say like a standard nine to five job or anything, but uh, I was interested in doing doing my own thing and building up my own business were, around things that I really love. Were you uh, in college for computer stuff? or No, I wasn't in college for anything even remotely related. Uh, I went for linguistics, which is a, the scientific study of languages. Uh, I, I originally wanted to go down and do humanitarian work in Central America uh, to help restore indigenous languages. Wow. Yeah, totally different. How far you have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of funny because it was so unrelated, but actually throughout the four years, uh, I did end up graduating with a degree in that. I actually found a lot of correlation between linguistics and programming. Yeah. Uh, just because there's... Uh, People may not realize this, but there's actually very, very rigid syntax to languages, uh, very rigid syntax, grammars, etc. cetera. Uh, we may think as, as English speakers, we have all these different dialects of English, but uh, and maybe some people ignore grammar or what we consider grammar. But it turns out that like scientifically speaking, there's actually an extremely rigid grammar, even in other forms of English that you may not think of as grammatical, like Ebonics, for example. Uh, so there was some correlation, which was pretty fascinating, but otherwise completely unrelated to what I ended up doing. Right, right. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you, Brad? When did you decide that, I mean, I, I know you've been in development for a while, but when did you go from being a developer to being somebody that wanted to run their own business, build their own products? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I built my first website for a customer in 1998, 
for a, like a local marina when I was in high school. And so that, I mean, I, I'd consider that probably my first real gig as a independent developer. Was, was building right? was building that that site was it something that kind of triggered the spark in you that says I want to I want to do more of this? Uh I I think I always had the spark like the entrepreneurship spark. I I had a history before that of doing like weird things. Like <laughs> I was kind of a weird kid. Like I was always trying like to build some kind of thing. Um like I I remember I made this like path through the woods by our house we lived we grew up like in in the woods basically and uh and i was gonna like i had these plans like i put up signs and i was gonna get people to come and walk on this path (laughs) and you know these are like i i think that was kind of in the same vein right it was i was i wanted to build this thing and kind of own it and be the custodian of it and i think that's that's all kind of entrepreneurial, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's when it all started. Um, but, you know, I've, you know, I've come quite a ways since so building there, paths through the woods. <laughs> uh, and, and I think I have very kind of a similar history in that I've always been interested in, in doing my own thing and building things like that. But it was there a certain point, uh, maybe it was the, the Marina website that, made you say i want to build a web i want to build a business around web development and web products was there any specific catalyst for that uh just a gradual transition yeah i mean as soon as i started building uh websites and and probably the first time that was the first time i I, you know i exchanged money for doing it it was like oh wow i could i could do this i could see myself doing this um and I and I but I went to college and everything and got a computer science degree and all that stuff and then went and worked at companies for a while and stuff and then so it wasn't until uh, 2009 until I went out on my own so uh, four or five five years ago now I guess um, yeah that would have been almost the same time for me because I was a sophomore to junior in high school, in college which would have been 2009 2010 yeah. And so, and it wasn't, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I took the plunge or anything. It was really at a circumstance. I convinced uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, to move with me to Australia just for adventuring. And uh, so I quit my job and uh, I thought maybe I'd get a job in Australia and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up freelancing and it was the best thing that, that happened to me. So um, I guess I should... I I also started a web hosting company in while I was in college, so that was another. That was a pretty big deal. I had a business partner in that and everything. Um, this is an important topic that I I, I really want to maybe touch on a little bit more because I know it's something that that I've been asked before and that I hear people ask about a lot is when somebody wants to transition from either freelancing or maybe a full time employment somewhere else, and they want to tr- figure out how to transition into whether it's products or services. Uh, but transition into their own uh, their own business model. Uh, do you just take a plunge, or is it a slow transition for you? So it sounds like for you it was a slow transition, or uh, kind of a slow transition, right? Yeah, I mean, so like I never, I didn't really have. And I wouldn't say it was a slow transition. I was, I'd say it was really kind of a plunge because I quit my job. Uh, I was working at an agency in Vancouver. And and I moved to Australia, 
<laughs> and so in this case, no it was actually job. like a plunge out of need because you quit your job, you went to yeah. Australia and said, oh, I'll get a job and realize, yeah. oh, I didn't get one. I better yeah. figure something out. Yeah, I mean, I had savings, right? Like sure. I wasn't going to move to Australia with zero dollars in my pocket. That was that would have been foolish. But um, but I didn't have a ton of savings, so I had to do something. And right. and the freelancing came. So what what I was where I was lucky there is that the work that I was doing at the agency uh, was really high profile stuff. Like we were doing like we you know McDonald's was one of our customers, you know, and and Best Buy, right? So huge national brands, uh, and so my portfolio looked really good. So I was I was pretty it was pretty easy for me to get into freelancing. Um, so I think for most people, it's probably more of a slow. A, a slow progression is the way to do it. You mine of, was definitely a, mine yeah. was a slow progression with a plunge at, at halfway through. Okay. Because uh, I, so I was in I was in college when I decided to start kind of making the transition. Uh, I mean, as as a student, I was I worked a couple of student jobs. I uh, I worked as a stagehand at a theater for four years doing Broadway shows. Uh, I worked as a web developer and a student in, in a campus department, uh, and then I was freelancing on the side uh, and. During my my sophomore year, I kind of decided, hey, I want to transition this over, and I think this is what I want to do full time. So over the course of the next two years, while I'm in college, I can kind of live on nothing because right. I'm a college student, and you get that freedom, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, so over the next two years, I'm going to see if I can build this up uh, so that when I'm done, I'm not just suddenly out on the street and say, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, but So I was working on it slowly, just kind of doing things at night, uh, early in the morning or whenever I had time for it. And right. then uh, during my junior year, I actually uh, I built a plugin, and it was the first plugin I'd ever built. Uh, and I put it up on Code Canyon, and I was expecting to like maybe make five or ten dollars. Uh, over the course of its lifetime, it actually ended up making ten or twenty thousand uh, dollars. Wow. Oh, now granted, that was it was actually over a couple of years. But the point is that at that time, like I was a college student that was really happy if I could make thirty extra dollars in a week. Yeah. Uh, Totally. And so, like, I put it up, and the next morning, I, I woke up to, like, four or five sales. And I was like, hey, that was really cool. Yeah. And it kind of continued that way for a few months, and I did a couple of other plugins. And then, at one point, I put up a, a larger plugin, which was an image slider. And it did well enough that, like, I really started thinking, I bet, I think I could do plugin development full-time. I think plugin sales could sustain me uh, with maybe a little bit of extra freelance work on the side. I was dating my now wife at the time, and we were engaged, and it came to the end of my junior year, and I told her, I was like, so this is an experiment. Over the summer, I'm going to do this full-time, and we're going to see if it happens. Uh, we're going to see if I can make this happen, if I can pay for myself, and I can pay for you, I can pay for our rent. Uh, so, and so I, I kind so of how many customers day. or clients, I guess, did you have at that point that were coming back to you for, like, for more work? So I, had, I was doing a little bit of freelance work, uh, along with the more of some of the product sales, uh, but I had two or three main clients that were giving me projects every month. I had a couple. I was I wasn't on a retainer with them, but it was a, an informal retainer. Basically, we just I worked for them every month with all the projects that they had. Right, uh, and you would never was, say no, basically. And so they... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and they were almost always rushed gigs, which was right. kind of our agreement. So I got to charge them like double what I would normally have charged at the time. Right, and. We had an agreement, okay, you get a job Thursday night, it's done by Friday afternoon. Um, <laughs> nice. Which actually, as a college student, kind of worked out well, because if you can slam everything into one night, you're done. Oh, yeah, totally. And That's... then you, you, 
get it, you walk away with a nice paycheck. Get the uh, uh, the twenty twenty four hour energy out or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> so so like that's that was my summer basically saying like let's see if we can make this happen. Nice. So so what happened after that? Did you just continue building uh, products at that point? Uh, I continued basically doing both, but I slowly transitioned out of doing some of the client work, even for the, those steady clients that I was working, doing several projects for a month, to just doing product sales. So I convinced myself at one point, like I was not making enough in product sales to sustain us. Um, right. But I said, if I'm going to get there, I have to start doing less client work. So I started saying no, and right. that freed up time that I was then able to work on product sales, and luckily they kind of evened out. And eventually said yes to custom development. Right. It's um, it's a little unnerving to do that, isn't it? Isn't it to like turn down customers who have been coming to oh, you and man. giving you good work, right? Uh, telling this guy's name uh was was Townsend at the time, and to tell Townsend that like hey, I need to stop working for you when you've been like my best client I've ever had. Not only are you like a great client, but you're also a great friend. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a little unnerving. Yeah, uh, it sucks. But it, but it, it does it, suck. Yeah, I, I, I went through a very similar thing because when I was freelancing, I had uh, regular designers that I worked with. So, and they, it was amazing because they provided a buffer between me and the actual that's customer. That's exactly what this this client was. Right. I never dealt with the clients, which thank goodness, because it was all corporate work based right. in New York City. Um, and like I would hear about the the discussions that they would have on like on their side with the with the client. And I'm just like, I'm so glad I'm not part of this. Because right. it was almost always legal stuff. Uh, it it would be five lawyers sitting in a room arguing about one paragraph when for like ten hours. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't care. We can change that at any time we want. Like, tell me what I need to change structurally on the page, and we'll get it done. Yeah. Uh, but so, like, that was a blessing to not have to, because as a developer, I I don't like doing that part of things. Right. That's the side of business I don't like managing. Yeah. Yeah. Which absolutely. Actually, I think leads into a really good topic for us on as we've been transitioning into uh, running our own businesses both of which are, are product businesses, uh, but this could also apply to service businesses as well. Um, how, do, how have you dealt with those aspects of business that you just you have to do, uh, whether it's accounting or legal or copywriting or all of those different aspects? Like, How have you dealt with that? Are you doing them yourself? In the beginning, you have to do them so yourself so that you can figure out the process to figure out how it's done. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, like if you don't know the process and you don't know what's going on, if you just offload that to somebody, uh, they might botch it in the first place. You or, have no no reason to know if anything's wrong. Yeah, ex and that's the other thing. Yeah, um, there's exceptions to that. Obviously, like it probably doesn't do me any good to read a legal document that's full of legal jargon because I'm gonna miss something anyway. <laughs> um, that's that's been my experience anyway uh, i know lots of people who you know always read you know every legal document and i'm just like sure. i don't i don't know i don't know what that means like they're using like words from like the 1800s that i don't know but it, i think it's still good for you to have an appreciation and an over overall understanding of what it is what it, what's in there but that's why you should find, seek a good lawyer 
that you can trust and make sure that they can help you understand what you're signing, right? Yep. I think that's that's probably the another most important of, thing. Of that is also having an appreciation for the value that that lawyer or whatever service they're providing sure. is for you. Yeah. Um, let, let's say that you're running a business and you just, from day one, you offload accounting to to an accountant and you've never done any accounting. To yeah. be honest, at that point, you don't really have an appreciation for the value of what they're what the service they're providing you. Exactly. So yeah. I, I started by doing all accounting for everything. I mean, I did my personal accounting and I did the business accounting as well. Right. Uh, and I gained an appreciation for how much work is involved with that and how meticulous you should be. Yeah. Uh, and at one point I just realized, like, I should not be doing this. Number one, <laughs> yeah. because I really am not qualified to do this. Like, I don't know enough about it. But also, it is more valuable for me to pay someone else to do it for me. Yes. Than for me to spend time doing it. Oh, but yeah. because I did it, I gained that appreciation for, like, what I was paying my account to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So what are the things that you outsource besides accounting and legal? Is there a... Development and design even like, I mean, we're talking from the perspective of developers. And so we'd think, okay, well, so we'll do all the development on our own. I think early on that works really well because you're in control. You're going as fast as you want to go, whether that's two mile an hour or 200 mile an hour. But as you grow and you get larger and you expand out, you'll just, you'll figure out that you can't do all the development or the design uh, or all the planning. There's just not enough of you to go around. Mm -hmm. So you either stay at a certain level or you outsource. Yeah, absolutely. And outsourcing might also, it could be like outsourcing to other developers on a contract basis. It could be hiring employees, but basically you're getting other people involved to do more work. Right. And I mean, there's there's probably th- documentation like and processes that you want to put in place as well. So doing it yourself in the beginning and and writing those documentation, you know, that documentation and and figuring out those processes, I think, uh, allows you to then hire someone and just point them to those things rather than having to send them a thousand emails. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, I think the other part of that, uh, for me, it's important is what if I want to take a vacation, right? If I have someone to fill in for me, yeah. Then I don't have I can actually relax during my vacation. Yeah, I remember the, the, uh, the first time that I wanted to, or that, like my wife and I were planning to take a vacation after doing uh, like after everything was kind of in motion. This was actually right when we got married. We wanted to take a honeymoon to Italy for ten days or so, and I remember stressing for like three or four months beforehand. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because number one, I, my wife will kill me if I'm working on our honeymoon. Uh, for good reason. But at the time, I didn't have anybody like working with me to, to handle things while I was gone. So product support is just dead while I'm gone. Any projects that we're working on are dead. Uh, any like updates that need to be done are just not happening for two weeks. Uh, and, and that's kind of a problem. Yeah. But at the time, it ended up working out because I was, we were still small enough that I could just like put up canned replies and said, look, I'm on my honeymoon. Don't like it? Too bad. <laughs> yeah but once you get to a certain size like you can't do that and by expanding out like getting other people involved that's how you do it so do, i'm sure you've probably experienced the same thing it's when you wanted to go out having having an employer to or a contractor on board is what probably allowed you to do that right um so i've only had i've had an employee for 
about two years now. Um, but before that, when I was freelancing, I didn't have, it was just me, right? I was like a hired gun kind of thing. And so the way it worked then is just, I scheduled my projects around my vacation. So, so that worked out sure. um, pretty good. The, the thing about freelancing that's different is that, you know, usually projects have like a, a start and an end. Whereas like in a product business that we're in now, it just goes on and on and on and on never ends. Right. Um, so, so you kind of have to have a support team around Did you. Did you have a time after you got into products or really once like WP Migra DB Pro or, uh, I guess even, even, uh, the WP app store, did you have a time when, when those were running, but it was just you that you wanted to go and take a vacation? Uh, I think so. Um, I guess, but were you, were you able to, and how'd you make that happen? Yeah. I actually, I don't think I, I, I don't think there was a time like that. Actually, I don't think there was a time where I, and if there was, what I would do is I would just work on my vacation. That's, I mean, what else can you do? Right? Like yeah. you answer emails, uh, from, from your vacation and handle support, whatever, whatever needs to be done, you do it. Right. I mean, that's kind of like the entrepreneur's curse, right? <laughs> It's like, absolutely. Because I, I mean, even now there's like, it's the business can't run without me like a hundred percent. Right. At, at a hundred percent. Right. There's going to be gaps. Cause I'm, I'm the one filling those gaps right now, but I'm always asking myself, how can I fill those gaps with someone else so that it's not dependent on me? Yeah, definitely. And so that's, I try to ask myself like that, that question every, you know, month or whatever. Uh, it's kind of been on a, like an ongoing goal for me as well. Is like, let's say I want to, in the next six months or in the next year, I would like to get to the point where I can walk away for a week and a hundred percent walk away and have things still run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a week. I think I would be able to do that fine. So I'm just about. Um, so I've I've got two two full other two other developers on trial right now um, for for a full time position. So I'm I'm hiring another uh, one or two full time developers, and once those guys are in place, um, it's going to be much I think more self sufficient the business, and it could probably run for well over a week on its own. That's great. Um, yeah, so because they, these guys, I'm training them to do everything, like all the support and billing and everything. Um, so, just uh, do you have a bookkeeper, someone that does all I, your I do. your bookkeeping, right? I have I have someone that does all the bookkeeping for me. Uh, the only thing that she doesn't do, like financially wise, uh, is she doesn't handle refunds or anything like that. Right, but she does all the overall bookkeeping. So you use like some zero or QuickBooks. Uh, or she something. uses QuickBooks. Right, right. And then she's, she sends me monthly, quarterly, and annual reports. Right, right. So the, bookkeeping is really time-consuming, and it basically it gives you almost nothing. <laughs> in yeah, return. But, you ha- but you need to do it. Yes, and you need to do it because you need it for taxes because that's what your accountant will require. See, see that's the other thing is so I, I actually have an accountant and I have a CPA. Uh, my accountant does she does all the day to day bookkeeping and then she just sends everything to my to my CPA and I don't do anything. Yes. And to me that's amazing. That's gold. I remember last year uh, I was 
just it was during tax time, and I was sitting down in like March, and I was I was working through trying to figure out trying to file all of my personal and all of the business taxes. And at the time, I didn't have a very good separation between business and personal finances uh, because I don't, it always been just me. And for a while, I was just like, why does it matter? Uh, but I was sitting there like doing taxes, and I was kind of struggling through it, but I was, I was doing it. Uh, I had done it the, the two years before that as well. And I sat there, and I was thinking, this can't be right. Like something's wrong here. Because this is telling me I owe one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. <laughs> like something's got to be wrong. Like I know what the business made, and and I know like I have an idea of what I should pay, but it is not one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. And so like it was that moment I decided this is dumb. I have to hire a professional to do this for me, because if I don't, this might be costing me like thousands and thousands of dollars. And it turns out it it was like it would have. If I hadn't hired the accountants, like I would have paid a hundred some thousand dollars in taxes from the business last year, right? Uh, and instead, I paid a fraction of that because I actually had somebody come in and do everything right. And so at that point, like the bill that they sent me for their services was like, I don't care if you triple it; you have yeah. no idea how much money you just saved me <laughs> yeah. from your service from knowing what you're doing. Yeah, and like ever since then, I've like. I don't care what their bill is. Like, I mean, I care because I don't want them to be, I know they're like screwing me. I don't want them to be charging me twice as much as they're supposed to, but they're honest people and I don't worry about that. But overall, like if their bill is twice as high as it normally is for a month because they did a bunch more, I don't care. Yeah. Because you're probably doing better. How much it saved? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're probably doing more, more business if you, if it's twice as much work. So that's the other thing. Like now I'm not sitting there doing that. Yeah. Uh, I want to jump back to uh, we started jumping into vacations. Um, what do you what do you do? Uh, okay, I think everybody who runs their own business has that kind of entrepreneurial spirit and is building their own thing, whatever it is. Eventually, they lose their fire. They they get burnt out, or they're just they're tired. They and they have a hard time getting motivation. How do you how do you keep yourself from losing your fire? How do you how do you keep going? What do you do? Well, so for me, um, I guess the big motivator for me from moving from freelancing to products was my my firstborn son uh, was coming along, and I was like, okay, so if I get hurt playing ultimate frisbee or something else, and I can't be at a keyboard, you know, I have a friend that has to sit in the dark most of the day because he has a has a concussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's an IT worker, so <laughs> and he's having a hard time uh, working, right? Because he can't can't look at bright lights, that kind of thing. So that, that that kind of stuff was going through my head, and I was like, I gotta get, I gotta start a business that's more that can run more on its own. It's not so dependent on me, right? It's not it's not your revenue is not directly tied to the number of hours you work. Exactly, exactly, um, and so. And so that's that was my main motivator. And so uh, it was pretty easy for me to keep. Well, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was a pretty strong motivator. So I kept reminding myself, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm doing it. Whenever I feel like I, you know, I was losing motivation or I was feeling down, like I keep reminding myself, that's why that's why I'm doing it. There's a good reason why I'm doing this and why I'm working, you know at night instead of watching television or on the weekend when 
I could be out playing golf or something, you know? Um, so, so that's for me, that's, that's how it worked. And in the past, I've been very wishy-washy about starting, you know, product businesses or anything like that. I've just mainly built them for the fun of building them and never executed any marketing or any business development stuff. And so this, this time was different because I had that, that big motivator, I think. Um, so what about you? Like, what was, what was the, I mean, what, what kept you motivated to build, build out, uh, Honestly, your, your it's product almost, stuff? Almost an ex- identical story in terms of, uh, I had my firstborn was, was coming along. Um, my wife and I had gotten married a, a little bit before that. Um, and I said, I don't want to, I don't want our income to be dependent upon the number of hours I can work in a day. Uh, also had some, some family history with that. My dad is very similar. He's run a, his own freelance business for a long time. Uh, he's a software developer as well. Uh, but he had never really managed to achieve a product business that would mostly run it, not necessarily run itself, but wasn't directly tied to his hours. Uh, and so like I had seen some of the struggles that that can cause, uh, whether it's because you're having personal issues and you don't want to work today or having trouble work, or you're physically unable to work because of maybe an accident or something like that. I had actually seen that happen a couple of times with him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and those were pretty hard times yeah. for our family growing up. Like there were times when, uh, they were definitely struggling. And so like, to me, like that was a, a really strong motivator. Like I want to do better. He, he is amazing and he's done all of these things. I want to do that and more. I want to see if I can not, not to one up him, but like, I want to, I want to learn from his challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that's definitely the huge motivator. Um, I think yeah. I think it goes beyond just like what is motivation though because we have all we have this motivation that keeps us going the reasons why we're doing what we're doing but sometimes that's not enough sometimes you still just get to a point where like I can't focus today yeah. what is it that it helps you day to day to get through for me I found that it was uh, a couple of things number one is acknowledging that it's okay to take a break I think okay there's all these different things that I want to do there's these different places I want to reach with a business and I need to work 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 I need to put in 18 hours today and 19 hours tomorrow. Um, and I did that for a long time. And at one point I realized it's okay to actually take a break and it's okay to sleep eight hours a night. Um, and I found that that actually dramatically improved. Not only like my, it improved my productivity, but also just my day-to-day mentality about working. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's uh, like just taking a 10-minute break to go walk the dog to me like makes all the difference in the world yeah it's i've i I can't even count the number of times i've walked away from the computer because i was frustrated with a problem and then came back and it was just like magically resolved itself yeah (laughs) so i think that's like the micro example of that right i actually have a kind of a specific routine that i that i kind of do for that so uh every morning uh i usually i'll either jump into support tickets or I'll jump into like building a specific feature or fixing a specific bug in a, in a plugin. And, and I know that before lunch, I am likely to walk, run into a problem of some kind. Either it's a customer that's just difficult to work with. Maybe it's a difficult problem to solve or something and I need a break. And so it's kind of silly, but I like, I won't take a shower in the morning a lot of times because then I know that by the time I run into my problem, like I need a break. So I go take a shower and, like I feel physically better and that makes me feel so much mentally better too. 
because right. I get to take the, I take that break, I recharge, but I also like it's almost it's like walking out of the room and coming back in as a different person. Right. Hmm. Kind of silly, but it it works. See, so what you're saying is that people shouldn't take showers. <laughs> <laughs> tell, you, tell you what, it's I don't know. It's, until until they're feeling like they need a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I don't know if that's a good rule for everyone, maybe. No, no definitely. <laughs> um, you mentioned, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned the long game. What did, what did you mean by that? So I think, okay, uh, let me preface this with something that I've been asked before. Like people will say, like, how do you... Um, how do, how do I get into to building a product service? How do I how do I run my own business? Like, um, and something that I think a lot of people anticipate if they're going to do this is that they're going to launch their business and it's going to be not necessarily immediately successful, but immediately sustainable. And it's a, like they're going to see the immediate return. And sometimes that's true. I mean, we hear about these overnight successes of of uh, mobile games, of plugins. Right. Of, all these different kind of businesses where people, whether whether they make hundreds or thousands or millions of dollars overnight, like it, it happens, but it's really really rare. Um, but I think that's the the overall mentality when somebody says, "I'm going to like I have this entrepreneurial spirit. I'm going to build a product. I'm going to go and it's going to take care of me." Um, yeah, but I think that's wrong because that's not really the way it works most of the time. Uh, and I think people need to to change that mindset and instead think about. I'm going to work on this and I'm going to continue working on this because I know in the long run it can be a success. It might take a year. It might take a month. It might take six months. It might take 10 years. Um, going back to a little bit of family history for a moment, uh, my father has been actually, as a software developer, he's been working on a product that is specific to pest control companies. And he's been working on it for 10 years or more, maybe even 15 years. And it's successful. It's not like out of this world successful. But it was not in, at all like overnight. I mean, he's worked for 15 years and he slowly made it better and better. He slowly built up the customer base and made it bigger and bigger and bigger. But it was the long game. He knew like he works for three hours on it every single morning because he knows that over the course of a couple of years, that's all paying off. Hmm. Um, now, obviously, there's there's times when when that doesn't work because something just fails and, and it happens. But I think you have to have that attitude of playing the long game. You can't just anticipate launching your store tomorrow and walk and realizing like I'm set, I'm good. This is what I'm gonna do for the next six months. Yeah, it might be what you're gonna do for the next six months, but it's not necessarily gonna pay your bills for the next six months. But yeah. after six months, it might. Yeah, I, I completely agree with this. I mean, the, the the things you hear about in the you know the tech news or whatever about you know the app that made a million dollars on day one or whatever. I mean, these are the outliers. It, it's to me it's akin to hearing about the person who won the lottery right like yeah like how many how many app developers launched an app the same day that that guy did right like, or so the same many. week or well, the same also, month you know and also look back and realize how many did they probably build before that yeah. um one of my favorite examples is uh, clash of clans which is uh if it's not still it was for a long time the number one iOS game in terms of overall revenue. At one point, they were bringing in $8 million a day in revenue. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's a smashing success. But what people a lot of times miss is that the, the studio that built that app, which was a small team of like eight guys from Finland, 
had built 10 or 20 games before that that all flunked. The company was going bankrupt. Right. Like they were about to shut down, and this was kind of their last go at it. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me that, of um, artists uh, as well, like music, musical artists. Yeah. Like, like when Apple, Apple chose Feist's song uh, for one of their ads, and everyone was like, oh, who's this new Feist character? And Feist had been like making music for over a decade <laughs> before right. that, that happened. It's a same, similar kind of situation, right? Yeah, I think, and that to me is an example of playing the long game. Like, it's not necessarily playing the long game with one product or one service, but you're constantly working and you're you're getting better and better. Uh, you're building up your audience, you're building up your customer base, you're building your product, your own skill sets. It's all a very long process. And if you don't anticipate working on it for a long time, you're not going to make it. If you yeah. want to say that you're going to do products for a year and then move on, yeah, that, good luck. You're setting yourself up for disappointment if you're expecting a short-term yeah. um, win. You know, I mean, yeah. if, instead you should be. I think if you're thinking about it in a different way, maybe you know, you're thinking if you're approaching it like I want to learn how to do this. I want to learn how to build a business, and by by failing and by making mistakes is the way I'm going to get there. I think that's probably a better attitude to have than to say, I'm going to build an app and make a million dollars like this guy, you know? Absolutely. I, I really want to, uh, learn how to be a great brewer of beer. Like I really want to learn how to brew really good beer and I would like to open a brewery. Uh, I'm not going out tomorrow to buy a loan right, or to get a loan to, to build a brewery. Cause you know what? I don't really know how to brew. Like right. I'm doing a little bit, like I'm starting to do some home brewing, but to be honest, like I still know nothing about brewing, but that's my overall end goal is that I would like to get really good at that. And, and it's going to take time. Like this is to me is like a 10 year, 20 year goal over the course of 10 or 20 years. I would like to get to learn how to brew really good beer and maybe open a local brewery. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. Yeah. That sounds awesome. By the way, uh, I wish I could drink beer so I could try your beer. <laughs> You're not. Oh, that's well. I have a we'll, I have a gluten allergy, so. Well, maybe we'll make gluten free beer. There you go. There's a market that is underserved. See? I could tell you there that. <laughs> make it happen tomorrow. So we'll have your market. Your market's beer. a lot smaller, but. <laughs> uh, like one, I think it's one in a hundred people have celiacs. So. Well, you know, to be honest, it's still a pretty large market. Overall. Yeah, it's pretty because, good. Because number one, those people are determined to find things that they like that they can eat or drink. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, um, one thing we didn't, so one thing I think that's important for people that are, that are transitioning to products from a full-time job or freelancing is time management. Um, and that's something I think a lot of people struggle with and don't do very well. They get distracted easily. What, what were the things that, that you did to manage your time effectively? To, to kind of conquer that that whole thing? Uh, there was a couple of things. Number one was I had to. So when I started building uh, my business and and like I went, when I was determined to really make it happen, I was in school full-time. I was taking 19 and a half credit hours, uh, which if, for anybody who's not familiar with like the U.S. Uh, college system and what credit hours means, that basically means that I'm sitting in classes for seven or eight hours a day. Uh, and then you have an hour or four hours of homework on top of that almost every day and then trying to build a business on at the same time. So 
assuming that we're trying to sleep at least a couple of hours a night, like that doesn't leave you a whole lot of time to do other things, uh, especially if you still also are trying to convince someone to marry you, <laughs> which is quite time consuming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so basically I had to be good at managing my time. I had to figure out, I have a free, I have an hour. Instead of sitting in front of the TV and like just sitting there, I'm going to be productive and I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to stay up an extra hour tonight or I'm going to get up an hour earlier. I had this basically, I, I had to be good at time management. I had to figure out how to make this happen because it wasn't going to happen otherwise. Um, after that, like after college, I actually kind of struggled for a little bit because suddenly I had all the time in the world and I had no idea what to do with myself because I was used to working a few hours a day, but I was really used to working 18 hours a day because I would be doing my school, I'd be going to class, I'd do the schoolwork, then I'd go to my part-time job that actually paid my bills, and then I'd go home and work on what I was trying to build for the future. And so suddenly I was like, I had all the time in the world and I had no idea what to do with myself. <laughs> uh, and so honestly, it was actually, I think it was more difficult figuring out how to manage time when you have all the time in the world than when you have no time. Right. Let's be honest, <laughs> having no time is a pretty damn good motivator. Yeah, yeah. I, I found it really, I found it pretty tricky to go from freelancing to to, to to like pushing myself to work in the evenings and weekends and stuff because I when I was freelancing I was very good at um, making time for family and stuff so so not working <laughs> evenings and weekends uh, and not scheduling too much work so that I was too busy and so going from that to kind of to pushing the envelope I found pretty pretty tricky yeah and definitely was, that's was why really... I, I needed that motivator and keep reminding myself because I was like, why am I working at 8 p.m. again? <laughs> yeah. Did you did you ever uh, – so one of the things that I found that worked really well for me was to actually set a schedule. So I basically set a schedule that says I'm going to work 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 on average. Like not necessarily a hard set schedule. Uh, there's no one clocking me in or out. But I found that that helped me a lot because I just eventually got to the mentality of, well, it's during normal working hours, so I'm going to work. Did you yeah. ever do anything like that? Did you find uh, that out? If so, well, uh, not really. I pretty much just so. I should clarify. Like, I don't want to make it seem like I work like nonstop. I, I don't. <laughs> I have my evenings and weekends, and I'm like my schedule is super flexible right now, and that's the way I like it. And so the the time the times where I was working evenings and weekends that was the time when I was still freelancing but wanted to get to a product business right so I had to still do the freelancing to make the money to do you know to pay the bills while I was building the product business right, right. Um, so so the, but that period doesn't last forever right if you if you want if you don't want that lifestyle um, I mean, if you know you, you build a product business, you can scale back, right? And that's that's kind of where I am now. And and I do have a schedule now. So now I work, you know, from nine a.m. to to five p.m. and cook dinner for the family and that kind of stuff. Gen generally speaking, but like I said, it's very flexible. So some mornings I'll play tennis from like nine a.m. to eleven a.m. Right? Have a have a couple of matches. Or really, just one match, and then uh, in the evenings I'll work after I put the kids to bed. Right, so it's nice, yeah. nice and flexible that way. So, yeah, I, I don't want to make it seem like if you start a product business, you're going to be working, 
nonstop for the rest of your life. But um, well, and ultimately, I think that's that's kind of the end goal. Is like we we can look at it, and again, it's that it's the long term goal that uh, after a certain point, we want to be able to step back and not work. Yes. Uh, I've been really focused this last year on trying to figure out how to work less, which has actually made me work better. Now, there's still times that I work more hours in a day than I want to or than that my family wants me to. Um, but that's the goal is to be able to work less. Uh, and and I think over time, that's what that's what we're striving for and that's where we're going to get. Um, I think we, uh, we're getting close to need, needing to wrap up, but I think I would really like to uh, – Unless everybody tells us not to do this next time, we'd like to continue this conversation next time. Uh, because I think, especially for developers that have that entrepreneurial spirit, uh, figuring out how to make your business successful, how to keep going, uh, is is definitely challenging. Uh, and one of the, the topics that we really wanted to touch on that I think we'll, we'll hit next time is inspiration sources. So I know, Brad, that you definitely have a lot of things that you consider to be inspiring people that you look up to or resources that you turn to, to find motivation or to find yeah. knowledge, et cetera. Uh, and I think I'd love, I think it'd be great if we could talk about that some more next week. Uh, For sure. Between now and then, uh, any feedback that, that people have, uh, let us know. Uh, it would be a really great opportunity since this is going to be kind of our first episode or our first set of episodes where we've continued the same topic over a couple of times. Uh, if anybody has anything they would like to ask, this would be a great time to do it uh, if we can try to get some input on that. Brad, anything to For add sure. to that? No, I think you covered it. Um, but just uh, before we wrap up here, I just want to mention that Big Snow Tiny Conf tickets already went on sale, and we've got one left. <laughs> awesome. Somebody jump on it. <laughs> yeah, so, so jump on that. That's great. Um, but yeah, like I just want to echo what you just said, and uh, I'd love to hear. Like if 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 you really enjoyed this episode, uh, you know it's quite different than what we've been doing. So yeah, let us know if if you if you enjoyed it. Just send us we, a tweet or or whatever. It's something that we've actually been talking about doing for a while of of kind of changing not not changing up like every time, but every now and then uh, backing away from a little bit of development and getting into a little bit more business and other things that still are like integral to our day-to-day -day development life on what we're building, uh, things that influence our development. I mean, there's so many different aspects of business that influence your development. Um, yeah. and I, and I think it's good to, to look at it from a real well-rounded perspective. So, uh, we'll be doing this every now and then. So if, if you love it, let us know. If you hate it, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just like to say thanks again to prestigeconf.com for sponsoring this episode yeah they're super generous and it looks like it's going to be a really awesome event yeah um, i'm jealous i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to actually make it but i am definitely going to be live streaming it they do have a live stream so if you're not able to travel to minneapolis october three and four check out the live stream because it's going to be pretty awesome honestly like uh all of these people that are talking uh hearing just one of them speak is worth the conference worth the ticket price definitely all right well, thanks everyone for listening catch yeah. you soon Thanks, everybody.